kind of landed last week. Last week, we used a very potent, powerful piece of wisdom out of the Old Covenant. It's in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, and it gives us a promise and a warning. And here's what it said. The one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. Now, we defined what we believe wisdom or a wise person is. We defined that last week, and here's what we said. A wise person is one who knows the difference between right and wrong, and they choose to do the right thing even when it's difficult. That's what we decided. And we said this, that if you will stick close to them, based upon this promise we just read, if you'll stick close to that person, stay very close, then that wisdom will actually just rub off on you. And that's a promise. That's a promise that we find in the Old Covenant. Wonderful promise. But we also defined, well, what is a fool? Because I so often have felt foolish in my life. A fool is someone who knows the difference between right and wrong, and they choose to do wrong. I mean, the fool doesn't even care about doing the right thing. And it's not because they're dumb. It's not because they don't know. It's just simply that person is not interested. Even if someone points out all the negative things that will happen as a result of the decision they're getting ready to make, that does not stop the fool. He just does what he wants. He does it when he wants it. And that's just the way it is. Now, this verse is what led us to this statement. This was our, our major statement last week, and here it is. The friends we choose will determine the direction and the quality of our lives. And that's where we get this whole concept of power and pool. Your friends have that power and that pool in your life. The friends we choose will determine the direction and the quality of our lives. And the warning says this. The warning says that if we, if we don't seek out a wise person in our life, then we find ourselves in relationships with people who are determining the direction and the quality of our lives. And the focus is not necessarily on what we are doing the focus is on who we are with because the friends we choose will always determine the direction and the qualities of, the quality of our lives. Now, I look at my life, and I can definitely say that is true in my life. I have suffered in many, many, many ways because of the people that I chose to have around me. Now, most of us really would not argue too much with the statement that the friends we choose determine the direction and the quality of our lives. Most of us would not really argue with that statement. We see the logic behind that. We have personally experienced the warning. We have, most of us, in some way suffered because of the direction that our lives took, because of the people that we were around. And it impacted and it hurt the direction of our marriages. It impacted and it influenced the direction of our jobs and also the direction of our other relationships. Even, in many cases, the direction of our finances. It, it, it impacted the direction of our living situations. It impacted the, the direction and the quality of our children's lives. 
the direction of our habits. And I could go on and on and on. We understand. We don't argue much with that phrase because we have found that to be true for ourselves. Now here's the dilemma though. If we know that to be true, then why is it, and I'm asking myself the same question, why is it that we keep choosing friendships that lead us to suffer the consequences of that warning? Why do we experience those consequences of that warning over and over and over again? Why do we have to have over and over again the pain of the direction of our lives speeding toward disaster because of the friends that we have chosen? Why do we experience the quality of our lives plummeting again and again because of the friends we chose? Why do we keep repeating the same friendship mistakes over and over and over? And that is really for today, that is our question for today because it's difficult for us to to break a pattern that we have a behavioral pattern if we don't know or understand what is driving that behavior why are we so susceptible to the same kinds of friendships you know the ones that lead us straight toward that warning the companion of fools suffers harm. How many of us have been in a relationship like that with a fool? How many of you brought them to... No, <laughs> just joking. <laughs> just, just joking. You know, someone who knows the difference between right and wrong and they continue to choose wrong. We think to ourselves, uh, Harley, why did I choose that type of person again? And that's a dangerous mistake for us to make. You see, most of us operate under a very important assumption. We operate off the assumption that we freely choose that friend, that person who knows the difference between right and wrong, but yet they choose to do wrong. We think that we have freely chosen them, but we couldn't be further from the truth. You see, if we were carefully choosing our friends, we would not need this series. <laughs> if we were carefully choosing our friends, frankly, we wouldn't even need that verse in the Bible. If we took our list of characteristics of this is a good and wise friend to have and we went looking for that person based upon those characteristics we would not need this series that we're teaching if we were really out there carefully choosing our friends if I ask you right now to make a list, a top five list of characteristics that you and I, that we wanted in a friend, or even let's 
let's extrapolate that out a bit, and let's say this, not just a friend, but even in a person that we were choosing, if you're single, choosing to date. And then we looked at the people in our lives based upon those five characteristics, and we looked at the person that we are dating or about to date based upon those five characteristics. We looked at the people we surrounded ourselves. We looked at the people that we are dating. Just those people who are the closest to you. And we would see in many, many, many cases they don't meet many of those characteristics. Some of them may not meet any of them. You see, if we had been choosing carefully we would hold out until someone made the cut. Now, here's, here's the secret. Here's the secret for today. Now, I, 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 want, I just feel the need to give you a disclaimer very quickly. When I say we're looking at that list of characteristics, remember, it said that if you walk with the wise, you will become wise. So we are assuming that we are making a list of characteristics that maybe we ourselves might even be struggling with, but we're looking out there for someone who does have those. So what I'm saying is, everyone in this room, myself included, we are imperfect people. I am an imperfect person, very imperfect. But the Bible gave me a promise, though. If I will look for someone who is wise, I may not be, but if I look for someone who is, that will rub off on me. So please don't take this list that I'm saying, uh, talking about hypothetically, that, that we are better than everyone else. That's not the case. We're looking for people who are better and if I hang around that person, some of that might rub off on me, that wisdom. That's what we're saying. But here is the great secret, uh, I think, of why we continue to repeat some of these friendship and dating mistakes over and over and over again. Here it is. We usually don't choose. That's the secret. We usually don't choose. We simply gravitate toward acceptance. Did you get that? Let me say that again. We usually don't choose our friends. We usually don't even choose our dating partners. What we do instead is we just gravitate toward acceptance. This is a big, 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 big deal. We have a tendency in friendships to hook up with the people who are the most accepting of us. We are acceptance magnets, and we gravitate toward acceptance. It is in our very nature. You see, we avoid people that we think will reject us, and we gravitate toward the groups that we think will accept us. We can see this in our kids. 
I've seen it as a, as a student. You, you take a teenager who has uh, experienced some rough times because of the friends that they were with. And maybe it gets to the point where that teenager, the parents decide, we've got to change schools. We've got to get you out of this, and we've got to change schools. And they start a new school. Maybe they leave Stuttgart. Maybe they go to DeWitt. Maybe they go to Hazen. But they change schools. And so often, so often, in fact, most of the time, they end up with the same type of friends. We see it for ourselves. Maybe you have a rough time at, jo- at a job. You change jobs. You change jobs to get away from those people. Those people who took you in, in a disastrous direction. So you change jobs and you start hanging out with the same type of relationships. It's just a new location. We see this in ourselves. If you're single, or back when you were single, you get out of a dating relationship, or maybe you even get out of a marriage, and what happens so often? We jump right back into the same problems. It's just a new face, just a different face, same old problems, because we naturally gravitate toward the same types of people who accept us. The reality is this, we don't choose them, they choose us. This need for acceptance is often what leads us to wring acceptance out of every environment that we're in, whether it's work or whether it's play, whatever environment we live in at that moment, we wring acceptance out of that. That's our tendency. This is why sometimes we can kind of live like the devil on Friday and on Sunday we can worship with the angels because we're ringing, often ringing acceptance out of whatever environment. On Friday we were ringing acceptance out of that group of people on Sunday, we ring acceptance out of that group of people because we want acceptance in every place in which we find ourselves. We want to fit in. Listen, I know about this. For me, we want to fit in wherever we are so we find ourselves willing to adapt to the current environment that is the reality our desire to be accepted has more to do with who is around us than it does with a list of characteristics of a wise person most often we don't choose our friends we gravitate toward acceptance. And I know this. If you're anything like me, we hate to hear that about ourselves. Because it makes us look so insecure. 
We say, right, 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 right. That may be the case for them, Harley, but <laughs> not me. Okay, so let, let's take a silent poll. And here's what I mean by a silent poll. Some of these questions, just a few questions, I'm going to say do not respond. Don't nod. Some of the questions I'm going to say, okay, now nod, nod if you agree with this one. This first question, do not nod. No response. Just listen to the question. Answer it inside your mind. Have you ever stretched the truth to keep from looking bad? Have you ever stretched the truth to keep from looking bad? Don't, don't answer that out loud. Don't, no visual response. Okay. Have an answer? Have you ever stretched the truth to keep from looking bad? Okay, follow-up question. I want you to nod on this one if it, if it applies to you. Or shake your head. Nope, that's not me. How many of you believe it is wrong to lie? Is it wrong to lie? Not if you agree. Okay. Then why, if it is wrong to lie, and we agree that it's, most of us agree that it's wrong to lie, then why do we stretch the truth? Which is just a nice way of saying lie. <laughs> Why do we stretch the truth if we know that it's wrong to lie? Because we don't want to be rejected. We want to be accepted. And in that moment, we have been willing to abandon our conviction that says it is wrong to lie. And we do that in order to escape Rejection. Okay, here's the next question. Do not respond. Have you ever stolen something, even a little, something little? Have you ever stolen something that, didn't, that you didn't really need, wasn't yours? Have you ever stolen something because of somebody you were with? Now, here's the response. Nod, nod if you agree with this. How many of you believe... That stealing is wrong. If you do, nod your head. Okay, most of us, I would say, would agree. Stealing is wrong. Now that's incredible. That is the incredible power of acceptance. Because nowhere on anyone's list of the top five characteristics that you want in a friend or a dating partner, nowhere in that list have you listed someone who is a thief. That's what I want, a thief, a really good thief. No one has listed that. Hmm. Interesting. How many of us have a friend who has some self-destructive habits, but we don't say anything to them? Why don't we say something to them? I mean, you talk to your other friends when you're with them about that friend. It's like, I can't believe it. I mean, they're, they're really, they're losing it. They're blowing it. They're, they're headed down a road. I mean, we, why don't we talk to them? Why don't we say anything to them? And so often it's because we don't want to risk making them mad and losing their acceptance of us. That is the power and the pull of acceptance. So often, acceptance is more important to us than our own 
convictions. It is more important to us, so often, acceptance more important than our own integrity. So often, acceptance is more important to us than the welfare of the people that we call our friends. Ultimately, we didn't choose these friends. We simply found an environment of acceptance. Now, listen, acceptance is a good thing. It's a good thing. There is nothing wrong with the desire to be accepted. But acceptance and influence are forever connected. When Paul wrote a letter to the church that was meeting in Galatia, it's called Galatians chapter 5. I mean, not, the book's not called chapter 5, but we're going to look in that letter at Galatians chapter 5. Listen to what Paul says in verse 7. He says to them, you were doing so well. And then he, he states the obvious here. Who made you stop obeying the truth? How did he, how did this person persuade you? You see, there's influence there. The people we allow into that circle of acceptance who are accepting us, along with that comes influence. Their acceptance of us comes with that influence over us. The person who accepts you gets to influence you. You see, we are all wired to resist the influence of people that we do not feel accepted by. We resist them. They don't accept me. Hey, you don't get to influence me. We reject them. We push them away. But with someone who accepts us, we drop our guards with that person. Now listen to this. Stuttgart Harvest Church. That is why you, Stuttgart Harvest Church, and you, Stuttgart Harvest Church small groups, this Stuttgart Harvest Church family, we must, we must accept the people around us. And we must out-accept the people around us more than the evil competition. We must be the biggest acceptors out there. They will not embrace our message of love and hope until they are sure of our love and our acceptance. Now, as humans, we not only gravitate toward acceptance, but it's also in our nature to run from rejection. Nothing hurts like rejection. We have all felt rejection, and we will go to extremes to avoid rejection. And this really helps explain why we find it so difficult to break from destructive relationships. 
This is why it is so difficult to walk away from destructive relationships because we are running away from rejection. And here we have finally found some acceptance no matter how destructive it might be. It's so difficult to break. You see, to leave that relationship, that destructive relationship, although we are accepted, to leave that relationship means that we are going to abandon that environment of acceptance. And listen, we look around and we don't see another safe harbor. So we stay. Someone can even come to you and point out all the negative consequences that are resulting because of that relationship you're holding on to. They can point out all the negative. They can show you where it's hurting you, where it's hurting your children. They can point it all out. But it's not enough to make us change that relationship. You know why? Acceptance covers a multitude of sins. So here's our task. Because of the overwhelming power and pull that acceptance has in our lives, we must, we must choose what we want out of life. And we have to make that choice, what we want out of life, before we allow someone to choose us as friends. We have to set some clearly defined course, a course, a direction for our lives, a direction that will help us eliminate the friends who will not allow us to reach our God-planned potential. Listen to something else that Paul wrote in a letter to the Corinthians. He said, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. That's the power of acceptance. And that power of acceptance will fight us the whole way. And if we give up that fight, then our peers will replace our potential in this life. Listen to Proverbs. The wise writer said this. There are friends who point the way to ruin. Those people that accept you, that are destructive to you, they're going to point you to the way of ruin. And our destination will be determined not by our potential, but it will be determined by our peers if we continue to give in to the pool of acceptance. In 17 years of me working in my career with teenagers, 
as a student minister, a student pastor. 17 years. And now for the past 14 years, I have been working with adults, their parents. Now that's a total, I'm no mathematician, but that's a total, I believe, of about 31 years of me working with people. Teenagers and adults. 31 years. Now listen, li listen to this. I personally have never seen, never once seen long-lasting change in a life without that person making changes in their friendships. I haven't. It is almost impossible for us to change the direction of our life without first making adjustments with who we allow to surround ourselves in that circle of friends. And without making those adjustments, any change that we make will be short-lived. It's not going to last. I, I just That's what I've seen my whole life. It's not going to last. Now, friends, listen. That is why this is such a touchy topic. And I know this. This is such a sticky situation. Because we, this morning, were talking about our safe environments. Uh, we're talking about the people who will accept us. And you know the term. Ride or die, right? It is so much more than riding or dying. Listen, we want you to live. And if we continue to make decisions based upon who is accepting us, what happens when the wrong people accept you? I know we're talking about our safe environments and that makes this so difficult and it hurts. Some of you have already turned me off because you said, I'm not going there. They're my ride or die. I just want you to know. If your ride or die is a fool, you are going to end this in destruction. We need direction. We need more than acceptance. God has such an amazing plan for you. Listen to what this writer in the New Testament, Paul, once again, listen to what he said as he was writing a letter to the Ephesians. Chapter 2, verse 10. This is the amplified version. I like everything amplified. Let's turn it up. Here's what it is. Paul says, for we are God's very own handiwork. We are His workmanship. He has created you. He goes on. Recreated now in Christ Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, He is in the process of recreating you. Born anew, Paul says. That we may do those good works which God predestined, which means He planned beforehand for us. And he says, these, these are taking paths which he has prepared for you ahead of time. God, 
no matter where you are in this life right now, no matter who has influenced you to this point, God has a plan, an amazing plan for you. He goes on. That we should walk in them, walk in this plan. Living the good life which He has prearranged and made ready for us to live. What is that life for you? What has God created you to be? Here's my question. Will you make a statement this week? A statement that you will put in writing. Where do you want to end up in this life? Where? Will you make a statement this week in writing? What course do you want to be on? Now, don't answer who yet. Simply, what do you, and I, it does not matter your age, what do you want to become? The only who you need to ask right now is who do you want to become? What kind of person do you want to end up being? And my friends, if you're looking in the right place, then that will be your God-given potential. Now listen, the power and the pull of acceptance will keep you far, far away from that person you want to become. If you simply go with the flow and follow the stream of acceptance. So as you leave today, in this hallway, on your left, I've got some lines on the wall. And hanging from the line, I've got something I want you to pick up and take with you. Now, I, I don't know which version I'm going to put on the SoundCloud. So if it's this version, I want to say to you, listening on SoundCloud right now, I want to say to you, if you will contact me personally, I'll send you the piece of paper I'm talking about. But for you who are here right now, as you leave today, please, please, please take one of those pieces of paper off the wall because I'm hoping that will be your step this week as you begin to define who does God want me to be? What is my potential in this life? No matter your age, your potential is still there. Will you take one of those pieces of paper? Please. That's your step this week. Will you read through that and just simply do what it says? It's a great step. And it will be part of the process of you not just going with the flow, but you looking at your Creator who has created you for something great. Will you look to Him for some direction this week? Join me as we pray. God, God, you have a plan for us. You have a plan to make us look more and more and more like Jesus.
But you also have a a very personal, one-of-a-kind plan for each one of us. And the power and the pull of acceptance will pull us away from your influence, God, and onto the path that our friends choose for us. We will end up where they decide. We will become what they desire because we're on their path. God, bring us back to your plan. Show us your path. What do you desire for our individual lives? And God, help us identify that this week. Help us to clarify your plan for us, Father, so that we can determine that if our current friendships are leading us or not leading us toward your plan. Give us the wisdom to know what to do with what we've heard, God, and give us the courage to do it. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen.